Everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Have you fully recovered from court? Uh yeah. Well, I'm tired. Yeah, I've been sick for a week, and so yeah, I'm not like contagious sick. I just have a, you know my own little infection going on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is the first time I've really left my house and done much of anything in a while. So I'm a little tired. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Me too. It was an that interesting was... day at court, though. It wasn't super uh, intense or anything, but it, yeah, it's somewhat intense in that courtroom. So, well, yeah, it is. Just being there and being in their presence and the presence of all the attorneys and stuff. It, there, there's a lot of tension in the room the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was interesting. We learned some new things. Some mm -hmm. stuff got pushed to next in two weeks when the next mm -hmm. hearing is. Some stuff uh, got done behind closed doors. So there's a big not surprise for, yep. for this case. But let's let's jump. But that right was in. interesting, too. That was interesting, too. That was interesting. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, of course, yeah. we were in court this morning with uh, the latest hearing for Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow Daybell. And, well, as usual, it was a little interesting. Um Lori arrived first mm -hmm. in ankle chains, and I don't recall her being in ankle chains last time, but maybe I just didn't notice. I don't think she was. I We weren't okay. sitting in the right spot to say that definitively, but I don't think so, because last time I remember looking at her feet and posting that she had on shoes that kind of looked like uh, brown slippers. Yes. I did not see ankle chains. So. Yeah, so she had ankle chains. She was dressed a lot more casually than she has been. Mm -hmm. She was wearing leggings instead of slacks. She had, um, yeah, maybe they were shockles, right, Janet? Remember that case? <laughs> Remember that with, with uh, Daryl? Uh, <laughs> Daryl Brooks. <laughs> Daryl Brooks. Oh, my goodness. The shockles um, that weren't? Yeah, yeah shockles. The shockles <laughs> that weren't shockles. Um, so... She had very much jail makeup on, bright red lipstick, and sort of drawn on kind oh. of not so great eyebrows. Yeah, some real sharpie eyebrows going on. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely the hair curled in ringlets like usual and not combed out. So it looks, it was odd. Her hair looked. Ah, okay. Nate Eaton said it was the first time. Okay. I'm glad to okay. hear somebody else noticed that too, because Chad and Lori both were in ankle shackles and yeah. I, I'm not sure, you know, they were in Ada County last week. And I wonder if in Ada County, they have to wear ankle shackles and if oh, maybe, maybe that's why they're starting to do that because like they that. weren't shackled at all last time. No, neither of them at all, which is wild well, for people accused of the things they've done, you know? Yeah. But her hair looked crunchy, dirty, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Maybe it, like it, it hadn't been fully combed out in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Her hair looked uh, not clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was sort of wearing two shirts and black leggings mm -hmm. and then like sort of short, like ankle height uh, of boots and then mm -hmm. the ankle shackles. Um, 
she just, we couldn't get over how much she just reminded us of a little girl. Mm-hmm. She'd sort of skipped in, you know, just. Oh, yeah. Like nothing's going so she on. she comes in with the same bailiff every time, this woman uh, yeah. from Madison. And yeah. you know when you put your toddler down and you give him a little push and you say, walk to daddy. And then daddy's waiting a little while away and they throw their little hands up and daddy picks them up. That's how it looks. Yeah. You have the bailiff that walks in. Lori's kind of bouncing around in front of her. And then she kind of gestures to her and she runs right over to her attorneys and they accept her into the box and they sit down together. And mm-hmm. it is so bizarre. And she's just sort of bouncy and smiling and giggly. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not real life. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is very serious stuff. But she sure mm-hmm. does not seem to recognize that, I guess. No. I don't no. think it's an act at all. No, I don't either. It, it, it seems very, very much her. Very much just who she is. Or who she is now. Who she is now. Yeah. So that was fairly interesting. So the first part of the of the hearings today were um, motions uh, that were filed by her attorneys. So Pryor was there, but um, Chad was not there for those motions. Mm-hmm. And then later. So we had several motions to review. Uh, let's see. So there were five motions on her behalf today. Uh, let's see. The first was to dismiss due to violation of speedy trial. Mm-hmm. They had a big, you know, kind of back and forth on that. So there's two ways to look at speedy trial. One is what Idaho says. And then there's the other, which is what the Constitution says. Mm-hmm. Um so Idaho says, you know, you have to have a trial begin within six months of indictment. And you know, so her indictment didn't come until after she was released from the hospital, which has been six months and 44 days. Yeah. Tell you Because that's what her attorney said. So we're 44 mm-hmm. days over. Um, the Constitution actually says a year. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of talk that her constitutional rights are being violated. That's not true. No. Uh, The statute in Idaho is six months. The -hmm. constitution says a year and, and that we're nowhere near that. So the prosecution was kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, I know we're against up against the Idaho statute, but there have been a lot of reasons for why, you know, and having these cases joined and all the stuff that's happened Anyway, and she basically said her constitutional rights are not being violated Mm -hmm. a long ways from that. Yeah. Uh, So the judge basically said that he will file um, his response on paper, (laughs) a written response. He said, uh, this is not something that should take long next week. Yeah. And it kind (laughs) of seemed like, why are you even waiting? You obviously know what you're going to say. So he's going to deny it. We all know that they're, they're not going to dismiss, you know, and the attorney, her attorney was like, the only thing that you can do in this situation is dismiss. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe the prosecution can, the prosecution could refile the charges later, but they couldn't because this would be with prejudice because her constitutional rights are being violated. But again, that is actually not true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we think it's very likely that he will deny the dismissal, mm-hmm. but there's, can you imagine if they dismiss this and then have to refile the whole damn thing? And oh, Jesus, I don't even want to think about it. Mm-mm. 
yeah, so that that was pretty brief. And yeah, the judge was real like, yeah, okay. I'll tell you. <laughs> he wasn't. Don't call me. I'll call you. Yeah. Yes, very much. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so then the second motion was on the uh, individual interviews during voir dire, um, during the jury selection. So her attorneys want to individually interview ju potential jurors um, to ask some questions about their religion, which there's no way that's getting in, their experiences with domestic violence and other violent crime, and their opinion on the death penalty. Mm -hmm. So the prosecutor was like, yeah, you're not going to be asking about their religion. I yep. really don't think they're going to be able to. That's pretty... I don't That's think pretty so. territory. Yeah. Now they were saying basically that, uh, you know, they feel like at this point uh, that religion plays such a role that they feel like they need to be able to ask what people's religion are because this is such a sensitive religious topic. And in trial, there's going to be a lot of talk of religion and we want to know who we're going to offend, basically. Yeah. And that was very interesting that... Um, mm -hmm. You know, they said that uh, John Thomas said that the uh, that religion is going to be a hot button issue in this um, try. Yeah, this try. He first said hot link, hot links issue, <laughs> and then he said hot button, a hot that links issue, a, a hot hot button issue. Yeah, which With, uh... is really true. It is, and we learned today a little bit more about why. Which yes. I think we've been wondering when is this going to come up? When are the wackadoodle beliefs going to mm -hmm. become a part of this? And, um, yeah, so that was, that was a big part of it. So the prosecutor basically agreed with them, but said, first of all, we're going to, uh, we're going to object every time you try to ask somebody their religion, because, you know, you can get into discrimination issues over asking right. them their religion. So they, mm -hmm. I bet that doesn't get in. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they talked about, they would rather do more small groups and do individual questioning. Basically, if a juror is like, I don't really want to answer this question publicly, mm -hmm. then they get, you know, do individual. And that's pretty yeah. much what the judge said too. He said, yes, we'll do small groups, 10 to 20 people at a time. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how many they'll go through. Several it'll be interesting probably. to know how many they summon. Yeah. Right. I, it'll be several hundred, I'll bet you. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Alec Murdoch, that was like 400. I think it was I think about so. 400. It was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the judge said the same thing, um, but he did agree with the prosecutor that they want to keep the individual um, interviews down to a minimum and only when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Because it's going to take forever mm -hmm. if they go through that. So yeah. went through that. That was fairly, um, that was fairly minor. Mm-hmm. Then the third motion was to, so they're, they have all these deadlines coming up about disclosure, mm -hmm. disclosure of discovery, disclosure of witness lists, that kind of thing. Um, and so they're basically the defense wants to know who the prosecution is going to be calling. 
-hmm. The thing that's interesting about this is that the deadline isn't actually till February 27th. So I don't even know why we were arguing about this today, nor did the judge. He was pretty yeah. irritated about it because um, the defense had filed that they needed to know this information right now yeah. and, and they have till the 27th. Mm -hmm. But what they wanted to know specifically because they're objecting to the state, including calling Michael Wellner. And so Michael Wellner is a forensic psychiatrist, right, mm -hmm. Katie? Yep. It's like he's like a, a professional expert witness. Mm -hmm. And they were objecting to him being called, even though mm -hmm. he has not been named as being called just yet. So somehow yeah. they think he might be called. And if he is, they want to object to that. <clears throat> mm-hmm was pretty interesting. So prosecutor Smith is the one who were, who was responding on this. And she said, you know, that they're following the rule and they're going to following the deadline and they'll be turning that stuff over by two twenty-seven. Mm -hmm. And basically was saying, they're also waiting for the witness list from Lori's team. You know, it's a little bit of like pointing back and forth at each mm -hmm. other. And the judge was kind of like, eh, Neither one of you, we haven't met the deadline yet. So what's the right. big deal? It's not even due. So why is this conversation happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Michael Wellner is, he's got some pretty good accolades. I, I think this is going to be very interesting with him. Mm -hmm. So he is a forensic psychiatrist and the chairman of the forensic panel mm -hmm. and is, uh, you know, well known for testifying as an expert witness. He's also a CBS news correspondent. Oh, is he? Oh, sorry. ABC News Correspondent. ABC News Correspondent. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. He uh, consulted and provided testimony in the Elizabeth Smart trial. Oh. Yeah. Now, that is very interesting because we're looking at the uh, same base religion in which they yeah. spun out of because mm -hmm. that was also a Mormon extremist situation. Yeah. Well, they said that his uh, testimony would be based on uh, hyper-religiosity hyper -religiosity versus blaming religion for your actions. Yeah. Those yeah. were the words that were used by uh, Counselor Smith. Yep. And this is the first time we've been wondering, were they going to bring in the wackadoodle religious beliefs and how they were using that as you know, justification for their crime. And this is on the part of the prosecutor. Yeah. And Smith said they do expect to have an expert in hyper-religiosity, but they're not mm -hmm. naming names at this point of who that will be. But that witness list will be out on the 27th, just like, yes. you know. So more study into Michael Wellner and the Elizabeth Smart case incoming. Yes, Watch definitely. I yeah. wonder if there's any footage of him. Oh, I'm guessing he's done a ton of interviews. He's done a ton of TV. He's pretty prolific, actually. Let's see so. what we can find on him, because that's really interesting. That was a very interesting mm -hmm. reason Crossover. to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the judge was like, well, this deadline hasn't even passed, so we don't even actually need a ruling on this. He was kind of like, I don't know why we're arguing about this, because it doesn't even matter right now, which mm -hmm. I thought was kind of funny. Uh, then the fourth motion was pre-selection instructions for potential jurors. And they wanted, <laughs> I don't know, they're basically just arguing over how the instructions are written. Mm -hmm. And Thomas was uh, on this one for defense. 
he wanted to make the instructions brief and user friendly. And then he made a point of letting um, the prosecution know that he was offended at oh, yeah. their response because they said he had misstated the law. <laughs> <laughs> what he said was so this funny. Was so great. We thought the prior really should have reached over and handed him his pearls. Yes. He said, uh, you know how somebody says to you, no offense, but I don't really like your haircut, but you feel offended anyway? Well, that's how I feel about this brief. I am offended because they said that they didn't like the way I wrote this. And that is just, it was so funny. It was. I loved it. And the judge was like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give me a freaking <laughs> break. So, basically, this Idaho has like a template for in juror instructions. Mm -hmm. But that template does not include multiple offenders, mm -hmm. multiple victims, and multiple potential. Um, penalties. Mm -hmm. And so prosecutor Smith basically said, I would like us to base this off from the Idaho jury instructions and then just expand it. Yeah. Based on, you know, this case. Mm -hmm. So base what I think what happened is that Lori's attorneys like wrote their own and the, uh, and the prosecution used the state ones. And that's where they're saying that the state ones were just too complicated. Well, they're probably written more in legalese, you know. But basically, it's the judge that actually makes this decision. And he said he's mm -hmm. taking everyone's, uh, you know, suggestions into um, consideration. consideration. <laughs> it was and, also kind of a go F yourselves. You it know? kind like, of was. This is on me to figure out. Thank you so much for your concern. Yeah. 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 It, it was. And, and it was just funny because he was again like, we'll, we'll be releasing that to you so that you can give us comment. And he's probably like, God damn it. I am going to be so annoyed at the comments. <laughs> he was just kind of irritated the whole day. Like, are we here doing a bunch of pointless stuff? And it kind of in a lot of ways was. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, Katie, do you want to tell him about when the car horn honked? That was kind of funny. There was, uh, yeah, just, you know, whatever was happening with the, somebody was testifying, saying something. And mm -hmm. uh, I think it was the prosecutor that was saying something. And there was a car horn outside that did that uh, da, 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 da kind of sound, you know. Mm -hmm. And Lori's ears perked up and she looked at the prosecutor, at a, at a Archibald, her attorney, and, and went, <gasps> and she laughed and he just kind of laughed with her. It was like. Again, a little child. She was delighted mm -hmm. by that sound. Yeah. Yeah. Just little, little kiddish very much. Mm -hmm. um, also, what about when Smith mentioned that yes, you know, we this need was instructions because Lori, this is regarding murdered children. Yes. Lori had her head down. She was kind of fiddling with her fingernails. And yet Prosecutor Smith said, in the case where children have been murdered, and Lori's head shot up and she looked at her, and then she looked at her attorney. It was almost like this was brand new news to her. Like, someone's kids were killed? That was her response. Like, she didn't say that. But, I mean, that's the way she acted. And I thought, mm -hmm. wow. Okay. Again, we are not in a place of reality over here. That was wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, so, yeah, the judge was like, okay, okay, stop fighting. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I'll take your suggestions to heart, whatever. 
<laughs> um, and then the fifth motion was a motion to compel. And this one was filed by the state. And this was just basically, again, about like discovery for the penalty phase. Mm -hmm. um, this was stuff that he wanted from the defense. The defense has already given it to him. And he was like, yeah, we're fine. We got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, it was just stupid, really. The whole, it was stupid. It was another, well, this it doesn't have a deadline until the 27th. So why are we talking about it? So it was kind of a nothing thing too. And they said, okay, well, we'll just suspend mm -hmm. this for now. And if there's a problem after 227, we'll talk about it again. Mm -hmm. But then this was another point, Katie, that you had noticed her whispering and chuckling with her attorney. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And it's with Archibald. She's very attached to Archibald, mm -hmm. which is interesting. She sort of snuggles up to him. She like, does. In her chair. She turns her chair to him. She's always mm -hmm. kind of leaning into him. Uh, it's interesting because uh, now Thompson sits on the other, or Thomas sits on the other side of Archibald. And Archibald's kind of in the middle between them. She doesn't really seem to give much attention at all to Thomas. It's, it's Archibald. No. He yeah, is definitely. her protector here. He's her safety uh and he's very careful and kind with her and he yeah. he, he ch ch giggles along with her and chats with her and you can see he's really ha handling her with kid gloves you know very yeah. fragile gloves because she is um i know some people have taken that to think that maybe he's fallen for the golden vagina i absolutely don't believe that's true at all no. i feel like he's recognizing her mental health for what it is and treating her very carefully mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. almost like a father figure thing you it know is. If you it kind is. of looked over at your dad and smirked or giggled together about something during a church or proceeding or something, that's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Yep. Yeah, it does. It's pretty odd. Mm -hmm. So the judge was like, okay, we'll talk about this on the 27th. You know, like, mm -hmm. see, the 27th is the um, pretrial conference. That's going to be a really, really important yes. hearing. They're going to be talking about if, you know, all of their discovery has been turned in. Although later on mm -hmm. in the year, this did get extended. The discovery mm -hmm. stuff actually got extended for two more weeks because mm -hmm. of a lot of whining on John Pryor's part. But that is also an opportunity for plea deals to yeah. happen is on that day. And, and you know, anytime after that, too. But mm -hmm. that is an important day that yeah. maybe we will see a plea deal. I don't know. That would be something. I would give anything for us to be sitting in that courtroom when the prosecutor defense stands up and says, uh, "Your Honor, our client is prepared to plea." Right. What? 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 I don't think our little Twitter fingers could get it out fast enough. I know. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, so then they, they called a recess so that then they could bring um, Chad in. But as the judge is calling the recess, um, Archibald speaks up and says, we know Chad hasn't been here during Lori's hearings, but Lori would like to stay mm -hmm. during Chad's portion of the hearings. Is that okay? And the prosecution didn't have any problem with it. And the judge was like, well, it's their cases are joined. So really, she has every right to sit and listen if she wants to. Yeah. So they stayed during Chad's portion, even though this wasn't really, this really didn't have anything to do with her. It was filings that were made specifically by his attorney. But it was interesting because Chad had not asked to be there during her portion mm -hmm. of the hearings. No, Pryor was and there. Mm 
-hmm. Staring out to the audience, making eye contact with all of us with this weird, like, weird grin. And why is Pryor so creepy? He doesn't know how to smile. His smile is Mm -hmm. this weird little weird kind of half smile, but it kind of it reeks of like either please don't hate me because I'm representing Chad or. I'm trying to not seem so scary and I don't know what it is, but the smile is creepy it's AF weird. and he sits on the front row. Cause he doesn't like when he's not in with Chad, he doesn't sit in the box where the other attorneys and folks are. So he sits yeah. on the front row and he's constantly angling himself around to look around the courtroom, which you guys, there were, when we first got there, there was only nine of us. I think two or three more reporters trickled in and a handful of cops. There couldn't have been more than 15 people right. in the entire yeah, viewing a area. Small group. I mean, he's literally kind of going one by one, trying to make eye contact and give you a little... Yeah, I did just kind of look away from him on purpose. A little weirdo look. Because he kept looking. He kept doing that to me. He kept looking at me, and I just kind of look away. Like, I don't want to... What are you doing, dude? No one else was doing that. Quit smiling at everybody. You look weird. Yeah. Um, So that happened. And then... (laughs) So then... So then Chad comes in. Also, you know, shackled at the ankles. Dressed you as in his or usual white shirt and tie. Yeah, that'd be great. But a weird thing happened. First time I've ever seen it happen. When he sat down, he looked over at Lori several times with this weird little creepy half smile. Mm-hmm. And she when was Chad was at. first arraigned and he smiled all the way through that. Yes. And people were very grossed out by that. And then after that, he's been resting toad face all the while. Yeah. It was that weird, creepy. Chad also doesn't know how to smile. No. Just like him prior really cut weird. from the same cloth. Yeah. That, so that was Lori yeah. pulled the classic school girl move of trying to make your boyfriend jealous. Mm-hmm. She did. And Chad's over on this side, giving her the weird ass smile. And Lori's over on this side, facing Chad, facing uh, kind of sideways to her attorney, talking to her attorney and laughing and playing with her hair. And it was all flirtatious. It was, it was wild. It was creepy. Yep. But he saw all of it, you know. Yeah. But he did actually make eye contact a couple of times with her, which was, it was weird. The whole That's thing was not weird. happened before. So yeah. then he took up his usual stance, which is to sit straight ahead, staring straight ahead, not making eye contact with anyone with his hands flat on the table, like not in his lap. They're on the table, like pushing down. Mm -hmm. And he sat like that for the whole rest of his hearings. Mm -hmm. He didn't turn and look at her again. No, he didn't. Once the trial, where once court started and then once they were excused, even there wasn't another look exchanged. Mm -mm. She was looking at him. I mean, through, she pretty openly looks at him, but he just does not return that. Right, right. No, he doesn't. But it was weird that he did today. Yeah, that was new. The energy between them was strange today. It was different than last time. Uh-huh. They both seemed a little more beat down and a little more off today than the they first did the time, last time Chad seemed kind of childlike. He did. Partly it was the shackles. Because yeah. the way he stumbled in in the shackles was like a little guy that's got a real full diaper, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of stepping forward like this. Um, yeah. Maybe he did. I don't know. What do I know? Gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he seemed more demure. Yeah. 
But the did, glances definitely. between them, the looks between them was very interesting. We're literally just sitting there staring at this frozen, and I'm like, are you seeing this? And Christy's like, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Like, holy, shit. holy shit. Yeah. 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 So the first motion on Chad's behalf was the renewed motion to sever. And this is supposedly to protect Chad's constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. And just as Pryor starts to present, Lindsay Blake objects. Mm -hmm. And she says, uh, we have, you know, we're asking that you not talk about this today. We're asking that you, well, they had initially, their initial response was that they wanted a ruling on this without even having a hearing because the judge has already ruled on severance. Mm -hmm. So then they have this big conversation about, because Pryor starts to talk about all the DNA that he hasn't got and, you know, all of the whining about stuff he needs and how he's can't, your honor, I you cannot possibly have enough time, all that stuff. Well, here's the problem. This motion to sever was filed quite a while ago, like still in December, I think in December. So it did not actually directly address the DNA as the reason for severance. And mm -hmm. Lindsay Blake speaks up and says, Your Honor, I'm going to object to this because there's nothing in this filing that says that this is what Mr. Pryor was going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. And we are not prepared to talk about this because that's not what he said he was going to talk about. Yeah. He should have refiled it after the last hearing to address the issues with the DNA evidence, but he mm -hmm. didn't. No. And so she's like, I would like to see this rescheduled until so that we can see, you know, a filing of exactly what he's going to be talking about so that we can be present, be ready. She said, we can't possibly have all of this information right on the top of our heads or even with us. So, you know, basically you have to file for we're going to talk about this and it's going to be in this context. We're going to talk about this evidence or whatever. Right. Well, his mm -hmm. request for severance didn't do that. Although we all knew that's what this was going to be about, because in the last hearing, that's what the big argument was about. Mm -hmm. But anyway, she was basically just holding him to it that like, hey, you didn't file to say that this was going to be, you know, a fight over the DNA thing. And so they agreed that they um, prior agreed as well. He was very, you know, how he's so ingratiating to the judge. Oh, your honor, your honor, I would be happy. I would be happy, your honor to discuss uh, this on the on the 23rd blah blah blah, blah, blah. more than happy judge more yeah. than happy so on the 23rd there is another hearing and mm -hmm. that is when they're going to discuss the severance so the judge basically just extended this mm -hmm. and pushed it back to um february 23rd mm -hmm. uh and so prior has until the 13th to file this motion again with what he's going to be talking about the state mm -hmm. can respond it has to be in by the 21st prior can respond back by the 22nd and then they will be in court on the 23rd over mm -hmm. it so again this is about him and his expert not getting the dna stuff in mm -hmm. time and you know all that stuff that yeah. came out last time in court um so anyway he continued that Yes, and they did say they're sending, there's some evidence they're going to send out to a different lab. Yes, they um, have sent out to a different lab that says they can do it faster. Yeah. You know, you know that old saying when somebody tells you who they are, believe them? 
Yeah. Clear back last summer when the Idaho lab said, we can't handle this evidence. It needs to go elsewhere. And then suddenly it is being done there. It shouldn't have been done there. Yeah. They have not been able to do this in a timely manner. That's evidence that they were not able to extract DNA from that another yeah. lab sounds like says they can. This should have not been left with them in the first place. They weren't prepared for it. No. And why wasn't this all this done long. at the No. I don't understand why this wasn't all done at the FBI. I know. I I've just had that question get too. It. Where the FBI's been around from day one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why the so, FBI didn't handle all of the forensics or, or you know, the, the lab forensics, I don't get. Well, and Lindsay Blake actually said that it's very possible that they will have that DNA evidence back Mm -hmm. by the time of the next hearing in two weeks. So what's taking the Idaho state lab, like freaking years, Mm -hmm. the other lab can have back in a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. So then uh, motion three was time to, uh, to extend time to file witness list. So Mm -hmm. This, you know, all there's been all this talk about their witness lists and their discovery lists and stuff for trial um, due on the 27th. And um, so Pryor said that he is waiting on his GPS expert, his forensic expert and DNA expert to submit their reports to him. And that they are not going to be back in time on the 27th because it's taken so long to get this information to them so that they could do their reports. And so he was asking for more time on that. Uh, The judge did grant that and gave him two more weeks. And so that will all be due now on the 13th of March. Yeah. Um, There was a little kerfuffle because um, the, the prosecutor agreed to that prior agreed to it. So then Archibald spoke up and was like, hey, what about us? And it was pretty funny because the prosecutor did not want to give Archibald any extra time. Yeah. They were like, you're fine. (laughs) He hasn't asked for it. He didn't file for anything. They're like, Pryor has given us some very clear reasons why. So what's the big deal? Yeah. Ultimately, they basically all got it. Mm -hmm. But they got kind of a like, hey, if you can get your... um, your expert witness stuff to us quicker. We would appreciate it, mm-hmm. but it's pretty much been pushed back now to March 13th for yeah. all of those witness lists and stuff. Yeah, That was interesting. Um, the way the prosecution, I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. I figured they'd be like, Oh yeah, of course everyone. And they're like, well, why do you need it? Right. Yeah. They were for like the eh. same reasons that prior needs it actually. Yeah, but they didn't, they hadn't asked for it. No, they hadn't, they hadn't. Asked, which was interesting. They also implied that both, um, both defense teams implied that they just got this 1100 page, yeah, a 1188 page report. Mm-hmm. As John Thomas made sure to make sure we all knew that it wasn't just 1100, but it was an extra 88 mm-hmm. above that. And John Pryor <laughs> made sure we knew that he didn't get it till a Thursday afternoon. Yes, a Thursday afternoon, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this is from law enforcement. We think from the FBI, actually, mm-hmm. that um, both defense teams are pretty mad about because it's stuff from the very beginning of this case. That they've all been waiting on and asking and for. And they finally just time. got it. And so this was one of their problems with wanting more time is that mm-hmm. there's a lot of information in this thing, you know? Yeah. 
So it's voluminous to say the least, I think. It is voluminous to say the least. Someone used the whole bottle of conditioner on this one. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh, So that's when um, the judge closed the public portion of the hearing. Mm -hmm. And so they they did have a sealed hearing after, which was 404B evidence. Yes. So I have 404B pulled up in the Idaho Code. So 404B is crimes, wrongs, or other acts, prohibited uses, evidence of a crime, wrong, or other act is not admissible to prove a person's character in order to show that on a particular occasion, the person acted in accordance with the character. So that's a prohibited use. Permitted uses, notice in a criminal case, the evidence may be admissible for another purpose, such as providing motive, Opportunity, intent, preparation, plan, knowledge, identity, absence of mistake, or lack of accident. In a criminal case, the prosecutor must A, file and serve reasonable notice of the general nature of any such evidence that the prosecutor intends to offer at at trial, and B, do so reasonably in advance of the trial or during the trial if the court for good cause shown excuses last lack of pretrial notice. So we're thinking that the prosecutor has probably filed something saying, we plan on talking about these things. And yes, we think it is the Chandler FOIA documents. I agree with you, Philly, totally, that this has to do with Charles's death. We are planning on talking about these things, and this is why. And they were meeting with the judge for Lori's camp to say, that's not fair, and this is why. And you know, for yeah. the judge to decide if they get to talk about her former bad acts or if they don't. Right. Yeah. Because they said that this could potentially be evidence that is not used at trial mm-hmm. that could tamp, um, taint the jury pool. Mm-hmm. So they'll decide, they will have decided today if that is allowable or not admissible. So, which there's a lot there. You think about all well, everything yeah. leading up to Charles's death, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, disappearance to Hawaii, the life, the death threats upon Charles that have been proven by his law, uh, his legal team, uh, the trips to the temple with Chad, the podcasts and the speaking that went way off the rails. Yeah. After Charles's death, the way she handled and treated things with his family, the way Mm -hmm. Chad called the funeral home and tried to get the cheapest cremation possible. Thanks, Chad. Uh, the way Lori handled JJ's school and the mm-hmm. lies she told them, the lies she told about JJ's service dog, the lies yeah. she told about moving. There's a lot there. It's there not is. just Charles's death, if that wasn't enough, which it should be, but uh, there's a lot there that they're going to want to All this about. other stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be really curious to see mm-hmm. what what is going to be allowed there. The problem I think the defense will have is that any of that could potentially be used to show motive, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I'm sure that that will become, come in as part of motive. Listen, if Alec Murdoch's past bad acts can be entered into his murder trial, surely Lori, Lori Vallow's can. Right. Yeah. So that's where it ended today. So court again on the 23rd, where we're going to see, you know, we're going to talk about the, the severance. We're going to see where everything is at with that and what's going to happen if that's if that's going to happen. And then the 27th, which is pre-trial conference. 
which is yeah. also a big deal. So lots of stuff it's that happened. Big. Lots yep. of stuff that didn't. There was some in interesting stuff today and some really pointless stuff today. But it's always interesting just to see what the interactions are going to be like with these two, how mm. they're interacting with their attorneys and with each other and mm -hmm. just in general. They did not seem in good places, either one of them today. No, no, they didn't. It's also, to me, it's kind of interesting because I'm like, hey, judge, this is supposed to go to trial in April. How long can you keep pushing stuff off and saying, let's talk about it next time? How long mm -hmm. can you be like, oh, I'll rule on that. I'll let you know. He's got a stack of things that he's not ruled on. Yeah. You know, like, how long can he keep pushing stuff out? Well, there is a there is basically a drop dead date here and they yeah. are preparing. You know, they are clearly preparing um, where yeah. they've already been to Ada County and you know, mm -hmm. they're getting ready for this. So, yeah, that was pretty fascinating to hear that, that the reason mm -hmm. all that was sealed last week is because they were actually in Ada yeah. talking to them about how to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yep. Well, there you have it. Thank yep. you for joining us, whether you're live or after the fact. Um, we'll be back next week with all our usual content. And if you are a member or your, um, um, or if you're a patron, we will be back tonight with the Psychic Hour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just appreciate all of you. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share, comment. It definitely helps us to grow. Yeah. And you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for Take being care. here.